baseball fans, and welcome to Sully Baseball. Yes, welcome to Sully Baseball. Happy New Year. This is the podcast where, well, we talk about baseball a lot over the course of the year. I've no longer do it 365 days a year, but do you know what? Who he knows? About, he thinks about it 365 days a year. I think about 365 days a year. I'm your host. I am still your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. You, as always, you may call me Sully. I'm recording this on the first day of 2019. Woo-hoo! January 1st, 2019, and I'm standing on Candlestick Point State Recreation Park, and I am looking across an inlet of the bay at the place where once existed Candlestick Park, which was the home of the San Francisco Giants from 1961 until 1999. What a beautiful day. It is a beautiful day today. You never know that there was a baseball field here, but it sure is beautiful. Who are you? I just saw you recording. I thought I would come up and say hello. Well, that's the Mrs. Sully, and she is standing as we're next to this beautiful tree trunk and she feels the best part of is to rip some of the bark off of this anyway um it's been a while since i've done a podcast i as i said after the world series i was taking a a little sabbatical uh well it's not quite a siesta uh but the red sox are still the world champions that hasn't changed uh, obviously, a lot of things have gone on in the world of baseball since then, not the least of which was the bizarre, surreal election of Harold Baines and Lee Smith into the Hall of Fame, of which I've said on Twitter, I was a Lee Smith fan. He played for the Red Sox. And Lee, Smith. Lee Smith was a pitcher for the Cubs and the Red Sox and many other teams. I was a Lee Smith fan. He pitched for one of my favorite Red Sox teams of all time, which was the 88 Morgan Magic team. I was a Harold Baines fan. I always thought he was a great, solid, professional hitter. Neither one of them belong in the Hall of Fame unless they bought a ticket. Oh, my goodness. I don't, I mean, Baines, yes, I did a whole thing on Baines' career a few years ago that if he got seven more hits a year, he would have gotten his 3,000 hits and got an entry to the Hall of Fame. But the whole point of that piece was Baines was a good but not great player. He really only had one great year, but he stuck around for a long period of time. We're not going to change it to the Hall of Players who stuck around for a long period of time. (laughs) And, And again, this is not to trash Harold Baines. A terrific player, had a wonderful career, seems like a nice guy. It's not the hall of nice guys who had nice careers. And trust me, I would much rather have 20 Harold Baineses in the Hall of Fame than one Tom Yawkey or Bobby Cox or anyone like that. But that being said, it's going to create a ridiculously low bar for people in the Hall of Fame from now on. If you say, look, all right, here's a guy who had one really good year. Baines had one really good year, led the league in in slugging one year, and then the rest of the time he was a good, solid guy, role player, DH. Al Oliver had a better career than that. He he didn't come close to making the hole. Lou Whitaker had a thousand times better career, and he was like, oh, one year, he's out. No, he's done. I don't get it. And Lee Smith, I'm sorry. As I said, I was a big Lee Smith fan when he pitched for the Red Sox. But when you're a specialist, you're not a starting pitcher, you're a specialist. I have no problem with a reliever in the Hall of Fame. But when you're a specialist and the only times you ever 
pitch in the big game because that's part of your job as the closer is to be the guy who gets the big outs in the big games. This is my big problem I had with Trevor Hoffman is that every time he got his big got to pitch in the big game, he was a disaster. Lee Smith had two shots at it. Both times, he wet the bed. He let up the homer to Steve Garvey in the 1984 playoffs, boom, and he lost game two for the Red Sox against the A's in the 88 playoffs, boom. You're a closer. You've got to close the big games. Suter closed out the big games. Fingers closed out the big games. Gossage closed out the big games. Rivera, Eckersley, they closed out the big games. Yes, Eckersley let up the Gibson home run. He also clinched the World Series. I, I don't, this is, you know, it, 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 it and we're going to have the big Hall of Fame vote coming up soon. And, you know, Bonds and Clemens are still dangling on the ballot. And obviously Rivera is going to be in and probably Messina and probably Edgar Martinez and maybe Kurt Schilling. But when you, when you go look up and you say, hey, you know, let's really dissect and debate whether or not Jim Rice or or Andre Dawson to belong to the Hall of Fame, or, you know, Dick Allen falls short. But we're going to have Harold Baines in. Uh, it's, it's, it just doesn't, it doesn't feel right. <laughs> There's something about it that just doesn't click. Now, if we're walking, and sometimes when I walk and record, it sounds like I've been climbing up a mountain. because. I go, <laughs> so if that happens while I'm walking, I'm sorry. We only can see the beautiful view we have right now. We have a beautiful view, and I kind of want to talk about this Let's for a second. about this, because I'm concerned about, I want to know what you think about this view. So there, you're telling me there used to be a baseball thing Yes, to, in honor of Penny Marshall, who passed away, there oh, used to be Penny. my playground. Oh, um, director of... Uh, League of Their Own. This was where we're looking at. Right now, I'm, there's a beautiful view of this inlet of the bay, trees. Tranquil. People are having barbecues and playing music and kicking soccer balls. There's a little the, bit of a beach here. There's a beach and rocks. It's beautiful here. On the other side here used to be Candlestick Park. And Candlestick Park was the home field of so many players who are just synonymous with San Francisco sports, not just the Giants. Willie Mays played there. Willie McCovey played there. Will Clark, Juan Marichal, you know, Barry Bonds played there. But also, Jones played there. There was, there was the last, <laughs> the last concert the Beatles ever played was there. Oh, really? Yeah, that was wow. it. Also, that's where Joe Montana played. That's where Steve Young played, and. And catch was there. The catch was there, and and who else was there? Uh, uh, Ronnie Lott and Jerry Rice, all those great players, all the great, all the great Super Bowl teams of San Francisco were played there, and some of the great Giants of all times. And now it's it's some lovely condominiums. <laughs> yeah, there's going to be condos there. There's probably going to be a park. There's, it's going to be it's San Francisco, so obviously the prices are going to be through the roof. And I really, really hope there is some there's some sort of monument, a, some sort of a, a marker. Yeah. Like you know, I did a I did a back in 2016. I did a Sully Baseball podcast from the Polo Grounds in New York, and they have a wonderful they have a wonderful uh, sign that says "Home of the uh, Former Home of the Giants of Willie Mays," and they show you where home plate used to be. That's great. 
where they knocked down Yankee Stadium and they built the new Yankee Stadium, where the old Yankee Stadium is, they have a park so you can play on the same field that Babe Ruth and Joe DiMaggio played on. You know, in Ebbets Field in Brooklyn, there's nothing. Nothing. There's one tiny plaque, which is, I think, underneath uh, a sewage pipe or something like that. It's just, there's, there's nothing. And, I, and I, ironically, I saw a cardinal land on the field there, and no one said anything. So I, I hope they do something there, because it's such a critical physical place for memories and, and for the history and the heritage. I mean, you think about... There's an exit. There's, even, there's an exit on the freeway that says Candlestick Park. It says Candlestick Park. Park and there's still a, there are still a few remnants there. The stadium itself is totally gone. There's a few remnants at some of the exits where it says, like, you know, welcome to Candlestick Park, home of the 49ers. Okay. This probably has. And, you know, there's, and there's a few, you'll see a few, like, light fixtures are, are, like, still down. But the park is totally gone. And, like, one of the streets around it is called Bill Walsh Way. One of the streets is called Giants Way. So there's, there are little clues if you're looking for it. But I hope they honor it. Because think of all those, think of all the events that happened there. I mean, we mentioned the catch and and the and all the great things happened there for the 49ers and the Beatles playing there and everything. But think about like when the the earthquake hit. That this was the place where everyone associates the earthquake with the images of you know the the Candlestick Park and the the police cars coming out. I just I've been really loving. Watching some of the old baseball games they have on YouTube. Back uh, when we did our first series of Sully baseball videos, I pleaded for baseball MLB to come up with a YouTube channel. Well, they have, and it's spectacular. And there's so many great games that you can sort of watch and clips and everything. And I rewatched while I was doing I didn't, while I was doing errands and everything uh, the Giants clinching the pennant against the Cubs in 1989. And it was a beautiful day game. That's what it was. The celebration was not under the lights, but it was a day game. And it was right here. And it became this great celebration of Bay Area baseball just a week before the earthquake hit. It was here. And now it's flat. And there should be some recognition of everything wonderful that happened here. Because guess what? If you use the rule of seven, the last time there was anything real here was, what, about three or four years ago? So if you're 10 years old right now, this place means nothing to you. And think about those people who grew up. I mean, the Giants have been playing in AT&T Park now. This will be their 19th season away from Candlestick. There's a generation and a half that has no memory of this being associated with the Giants whatsoever. And eventually all the, the San Francisco 49er memories are going to be down in Santa Clara for bizarre reasons. <laughs> I've always said one of the things that I've loved about baseball, specifically baseball, more so than any other sport, is it has the illusion of timelessness. It has the illusion that the past, present, and future are all taking place simultaneously. I really hope a big gust of wind didn't just hit the uh, the goddamn microphone. Sorry, Ray. But, you know, I just... 
sometimes when I've talked and the wind has hit the mic, I've had some people say, hey, you know, watch the wind. Oh, are you kidding me? Yeah, but you know, but do you know what? But do you know what? Is that the Christian one? No, no, no. Ray is, yeah, Ray is the, Ray is the Christian one. Sorry. Don't say fuck you to Ray and don't say goddamn. Sorry, Ray, because I... You're going to cut that part. <laughs> I may not cut that oh, part. No. I may not cut that part. Um, you know, you can't complain to me about wind because I'm on Candlestick Point. Yeah, this right. is the, <laughs> I'm in the windy, this is, this, is, this is the windiest part. I mean, there was, I forget who it was who was in the, in the All-Star game and in mid-pitch, a gust of wind blew him over when he lifted his leg. So yeah, you'll forgive me if I can't control the wind. That was part of the problem here is that there would be a gust of wind that starts in Kyoto and builds up their steam around Honolulu, hits the big cliff next to Candlestick Park and swirled around the stadium. There are pictures of me wearing a parka in an August game here in California. So, all right, well, I'm now alone, so everyone's running away from me. But the, the illusion of timelessness is part of baseball in a way that when it's what makes people want to like keep... Ken Burns has the old timing music. Well, it's why, it's why people want old-fashioned uniforms instead of new uniforms. It's why we went back to asymmetrical ballparks where the walls are jagged and everything because we went to symmetrical ballparks for a while where the the dimensions were fair and like oh every stadium's gonna have the same dimension and everyone hated that they wanted to have weird jags in the wall and everything and it's strange to me that i'm feeling this tinge of nostalgia for the candlestick especially after i've talked about i've done many podcasts about the fact that let's not get too you know nostalgic because it stunk and it did stink as a baseball stadium, it was awful. It was awful. It was a terrible place to see a ball game. The seats were weird. The st- it was cold. There was only one road in and out, so even if it was a small crowd, it was impossible to get out of. And guess what? It was even worse as a football stadium. But here's the thing that I did love about going to games here. And I have the same emotion when I go to games at Oakland. And that is, when you went to Candlestick back when I was in high school, and the Giants were good then, and they went to the World Series. But if you went there, you weren't going there because it was a cool place to go to or it was fashionable. You went there because you loved your team. Same thing happens when you, I'm looking over at the bay right now, and I could probably, if I look hard enough, I could probably see the Oakland Coliseum. When you go to an A's game, you're going to A's game because you love the A's. You're not doing it because it's the cool thing to do. And so there was that sense when, like me and my buddy Greg used to go to a lot of Giants games together. And you were sitting in that stadium. You were with people who were not casual fans because they were freezing. And it's inconvenient. Now, granted, when they went to the World Series in 89, there was a lot of fair-weather fans on that. Not that there was a lot of fair-weather in Candlestick. But when you have that sense of, oh, I know I'm going to have a little burst of wind here. When you have that sense of sharing the community with the people who really love it, that's what people are nostalgic for. No one in their right minds can be nostalgic for the park itself. That's insane. 
but you can be nostalgic for, hey, remember when it was just us here? It's kind of like the people who love a band early or a comic early. Like, yeah, I used to go to Giants games before they were in the fashionable AT&T Park where we got all the people with the yachts pulling up and it's full no matter what. And they weren't winning World Series either. There was no sushi, there was no sushi then. I, actually, I don't know if there was no sushi. I, I don't want to be put on the record. <laughs> ballpark sushi was not as common, though. The first time I saw ballpark sushi was in 1992 when I went to a game, in, an Angels game in Anaheim. And I saw sushi and I thought, oh, this is crazy. And now it's like, why is that crazy? Why, why not have good food? I don't, I don't understand. Like, if you like that food, go eat it. What, there's no sushi? What? I can't go to the ballpark. Yeah, so, so that's what you're being nostalgic for, is that sense of community here at the stick and the memories that took place there. So I hope they do do something. I hope they do something to sort of say, hey, let's not forget what's here. Maybe have like a, like a I don't know, like... like Ray, you know the, the Stations of the Cross when they have all the stuff around there. You know, maybe maybe the station, Stations of the Stick. Stations of the Stick. There you go. Here's where Willie Mays played. Here, here's what you do. You have the area that was the park open, and that's like a park. And you put, like, little markers on it. Like, yeah. here's where the catch took place. Here's where Willie Mays played in center field. Here's a this, here's a that. It's important it's important that you keep that alive because that's how you pass on the heirloom of sports fandom. Like, I was... You join in with that discussion. I remember that as a Red Sox fan. One of the reasons I was so excited when the Red Sox went to the World Series in 86, beyond the fact that I thought they had a chance to win and they got to within one strike. I don't know if you read about that. It was in all the papers. But... I felt like now I have a part of the story, the narrative that I've been hearing my whole life that I can witness and be a part of, but it's made more interesting if you know the backstory. When the Giants finally won the World Series in 2010 and they were able to show the clips of McCovey and Mays and Marichal and all of them, that added to the joy of the championship certainly was the case when the Red Sox won and the White Sox won and the Cubs won. It's adding and remembering the history that's connected with it. I think the one thing that I think Giant fans, if you give them truth serum, well, first of all, if you give them truth serum, they'll finally admit that Bonds did roids. But the other thing is the Giants have won, the Giants have won three championships with AT&T Park as their home. I bet if you gave them truth serum, they would say, I wish one of those could be in the stick. I wish that one year they could have won. And that was something that struck me when I was watching that game from 89. That the experience of watching a Giants game now in this perfect ballpark with a perfect organization and a brilliant man and all the stuff... And then you saw the flawed 89 Giants team. And they were flawed. They made the World Series, but they were a flawed team. Playing in the flawed stadium with the weird stands jutting out and everything like that. You just wish they won it there once. That the one memory that you can't have of this place 
is that's when they won it all there. Of course, if Willie McCovey's line drive was two feet to the right of Bobby Richardson, it would have gone in the right field. They would have won the World Series. And actually, Willie McCovey in that same at-bat hit a long drive that went foul. If it stayed fair, it would have been a home run to win the World Series. Instead, he made it out. If that didn't hook foul, I'm not saying this last piece. Well, folks, I'm going to enjoy the rest of this day. But while I was here at Candlestick Point, I wanted to share something. As I guess I'm not floating down the river, Sully. I'm in the bay, Sully, right now. <laughs> but there will be more Sully baseball podcasts this year. Whose idea was this one? That the, Mrs. This is Mrs. Sully's idea. I'm going to make sure that every time <laughs> there's a positive thought that comes through, we give the credit where it's due. Uh, but there will be more podcasts. There will be more in memoriam video. There'll be there'll be other stuff that will happen this year. I'll just figure out the best way to do it. Because do you know what? The baseball, as I said, lives in the past, present, and future simultaneously. I've talked a lot about the past, and we're currently in the present, but I'm really curious what's going to happen in the future. Because I think it will be a very interesting year. And in fact, I don't know if you realize this, but the Red Sox won the World Series last year. (laughs) And one of the few things on my bucket list as a Red Sox fan that I have left is to see them win back-to-back World Series. And, and if they do it this year, I can check that off. Look, okay. my whole life, my whole life, Awkward. I said, please, I just want to see him win it all five times in my lifetime. Just five times in my lifetime. Think of how surreal this is. There is, if Red Sox fans are asked to rank their favorite year. Oh, my God. And give a gold, silver, and bronze. A team will be left off that won the World Series. You're gilding it a little here, Sully. I'm not. I'm, don't, I'm saying it. like That's bizarre. Because you, when you go through this whole life, it'll never happen in my lifetime. To like, you know what? Uh, let me rank them one through four. Eh, I don't know. I, that one I, I like a little win. better. Okay, kid. I knew you win. Yeah. Anyway. anyway, happy new year, ha- everyone. Happy new year. And thanks for uh, the support. And thanks for the nice messages you've left to me over the last bunch of months. And I'll be here on and off. I'll probably do something after the Hall of Fame announcement, uh, of which I am predicting. Well, okay. Rivera, Martinez, and um, Musina, I think, are locks to get in. I really hope Clemens and Bonds get in. Do you know what? I hope like 10 get in. I hope 10 get in. If for no other reason, then we can take a good long look and say, really? Harold Baines too? What? Anyway, um, I'm. this has been Sully Baseball for the first day, January 2019, from Candlestick Point, the former home of lots of great stuff. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully.